0: It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey.
1: And I'm Ashley. Last time we talked about the Rugrats slash ah uh, real monsters kind of Halloween, not really Halloween crossover, but you know what I'm getting at.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not really Halloween. I I put that in the notes. That's on me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was for it was our Halloween. It was episode. for Halloween, yeah. right. <laughs> We also put out our weekly Twitter poll, similarly asking, which is the scariest monster from all real monsters? We may have asked this before. I feel like we have. If not, we've had these three monsters as an option before. Um, but it's Ickis, Oblina, or Crum, and Crum won with 55% of the vote. Oblina had 35%, and Ickis had 10%. So, uh, yeah, this was certainly the most consequential vote to happen this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this on Monday, so we have no idea what happens on what will happen on Tuesday, November 6th. But all I care about is our Twitter poll.
1: Yeah, I could say, you know, I I personally voted for Oblina because something about her just doesn't sit right with me. But Crumb is literally holding on to his eyeballs and that's pretty unsettling. So
0: Interesting, I, I accept either she of those. She would have been my last choice. It I, don't so know cute, why. I guess
1: I guess I just feel like. like I have weird like vague childhood memories of like not feeling comfortable with her and like that's all I've got for I think it's the voice is what it is yeah totally anyways (laughs) uh again a lot a lot to dissect here let's really delve into it for the next you know five ten minutes and discuss it all yeah this is one of our more complicated
0: (laughs) twitter polls 100%
1: (laughs) I am a little curious if we did run this before and I'm too lazy to check because I don't know for sure that we even did but if we did I'm curious if the you know, if the vote was any different. But other than that, I'm yeah. just gonna...
0: I will I'm say... I'm just gonna let this go. We've never tweeted the word scariest before. I searched that. So... Okay. We may have worded it differently, but... I don't know. Maybe or we creepiest haven't.
1: creepiest, maybe. I. It's hard to say. Either way, I'm I'm down with Crumb being the scariest. Um, but this week, we are continuing on with our Avatar The Last Airbender watch. We are now on episode nine.
0: Yes. Uh... Follow us on Twitter at FNN underscore podcast and Facebook. Facebook.com slash FNN Podcast. Review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show. And make sure to check out our YouTube page.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nick Animation Studio in Hollywood. 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 like we said this week we're doing another avatar the last airbender episode we are at the Waterbending scroll it's from book one episode nine and originally aired april 29th 2005
0: april 29th was a very important day in my life because no i have no i have nothing <laughs> <laughs> usually nothing there's some uh, for this air some date. sibling
1: birthdays or something related <laughs> but
0: I can't think of a single thing that's ever happened on April 29th. Except this episode, I guess. (laughs) Alright. In this one, Katara begins teaching Aang waterbending. Not only is he a fast learner, but he eventually surpasses her in skill. The group travels to a nearby town, finding a waterbending scroll at a store run by pirates. Determined to surpass Aang, Katara steals the scroll, causing the pirates to chase the group, though uh, Team Avatar manages to escape. Later, Zuko runs into the pirates. He makes a deal with them, saying that if the pirates capture Aang, he will find the scroll for the pirates. Zuko proceeds to capture Katara, and the pirates capture Aang and Sokka. A fight breaks out between Zuko's crew and the pirates when the latter learns that Aang is the avatar. During the commotion, the group escapes with the scroll.
1: Yeah, this one's this one's fun. We get kind of a new a new group of bad guys, right? And we do kind of get that sort of grouping of all of them, but I, I do just like having a new albeit temporary enemy to kind of fend off in this episode here with the pirates.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's this is another one of those episodes where we have three warring factions, just like last episode where we have uh Commander Zhao and uh Zuko and uh, and the Avatar Here we have Pirates, Zuko, and the Avatar. So, kind of an interesting game theory going on of, like, Zuko trying to make his move based on what will help both him and the Pirates. But, of course, he wants uh, himself to... uh... Oh, interesting. I just got your message. (laughs) (laughs) There was the American basketball player Jason Collins came out of the closet as gay on April 29th, 2013. I remember that a lot. You know, I was
1: just trying to find it, because you said that nothing happened, so I, yeah. <laughs> being the person I am.
0: That's a great point, and thank you for finding that. I remember that well, yeah. Um, okay. Anyways,
1: <laughs> back to the actual important thing, sorry Right, guys. right.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, this episode fascinates me the most because it's a major shift in Katara's character. It shows some growth, or some sort of darkening of her um attitude depending on how you look at it so she does steal the scroll from the pirates we'll get there plot wise but um that's the most interesting thing for me about it is we see her jealousy with Aang, and we see her stoop pretty low and i kind of disagree with the description we read i don't think she steals the scroll because she wants to surpass Aang. i think that's a little part of it but
1: no i i don't think so either i think I think the main thing is just that it's a part of her culture, right? It's, you know, it's something that she knows they didn't just give to the pirates, right? Like they weren't selling this ancient water scroll off. So I, I think it was partially just that she felt, you know, some some amount of ownership of it to begin with. I will say that her kind of practicing it on her own and, you know, like that there's portions of it that are interrelated to her frustrations with Aang, but the actual act of stealing itself, I, I don't think, was directly due to her jealousy or frustration with his fast learning abilities.
0: Agreed. Yeah, there's separate points of this episode, but but yeah, Aang really is a natural waterbender. He's very artful with it and picks it up very quickly, and uh, that's frustrating to Katara. But she's also, I think, impressed deep down too. And to be fair, she's not the Avatar, you know. And in a way, Sokka must be jealous of Katara for her bending skills at all. So she's got to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah I think we all kind of know situations like this right and I I think I've been on kind of both ends in my life of where Mm -hmm. there's somebody who's just naturally really good at something that you have to try really really hard at and it's frustrating to watch them like I like you know like at least beginning of my school career like math really came easily to me all the time and I just kind of intuitively understood it and I could sense that kids who had to try a lot harder than me would be not necessarily mad at me for being good at it but kind of like why does this get to be so easy for them? You know what mm. I mean. So I think it's, it's almost partially Katara too. Is just kind of like why did like I had to put in these months and months of work and you just get to, you know, get there right away, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's a reality of the world we live in. But I also it isn't the case in this episode. But I think a lot of people who've others' view as, like, oh, it just comes so easily to them, don't realize how hard they actually work, too. You know, there are some people who are better at covering the work that they do, or they don't talk about it, so you'd never know. And then on the flip side, which I certainly encountered a lot at my college, of people who don't do that much work, but are constantly talking about how much work they're doing. So there's kind of a flip side there. Like, is Katara one of these, like, I've been trying to waterbend my whole life, and it's like... Okay, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But at the same time, in this specific scenario, Aang, of course, has no way of practicing this except through all of his past lives.
1: Yes, and and that's the important thing to remember, too, that it's, you know, it's... He... One, it would be very problematic if he had to take months to learn what she does, right? Because they don't have all that much time, and he needs to master all four elements and right now he's got air and he's picking up water but you know like if if he needs months and months for each of these he's not going to make it so really somewhere deep down inside i'm sure she knows too that the world kind of depends on him having this previous knowledge and this kind of ability to pick this up a little bit easier because otherwise they're all pretty screwed
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good point that the Katara in this moment cares more about her own sort of personal jealousy than she does the future of the world. (laughs) That's pretty bleak.
1: Which, you know, yeah, it is a different side of her to see. I think it's kind of understandable in that, you know, she's, she's one of those people that's always kind of tried hard. She stays focused and it's almost like annoying for like, you know to think about all that work that she put in. But yeah, she does kind of lose sight of the the grander things going on.
0: She's also 14. You know, she's a kid. That's like, true. I, I hate when people criticize media on the assumption that humans are always rational. You know, like this isn't an economic model. We can't just assume rationality. It's like, no, people have emotions and they're going to get in the way of logic sometimes.
1: Oh, and it's totally fair. It's, it's totally fair. And I'm definitely not trying to criticize her. I'm just saying it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a new side. We definitely haven't we've we've seen her be pretty goal oriented up until now.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's, that's true. You know, she
1: she does by the end of the episode for the most part, right? I think she kind of admits that she was being jealous and that, you know, it was getting in the way of, of her teaching things. But yeah.
0: Okay, so I've been um, scrolling through our Twitter feed very Casually throughout this discussion, and I found what we what might have been the Twitter poll. I, we thought it was. We asked which Nick, which of these Nicktoons is the spookiest with a ton of O's, so that of course I couldn't search it, and it was between real Monsters, Ren and Stimpy, and Invader Zim. So that uh. could have been what we were thinking of. But I'm gonna keep scrolling, anyway.
1: Um, but, but there's, so, so there's that side of things. I do want to give at least a little bit of, of a nod to the whole Lotus, uh, tile thing going on here. Um, where we've got Zuko and Iroh and Iroh's talking about how he needs to stop by. They're taking a detour. Zuko gets all annoyed. He's like, why are we going off course? And he's like, well, I, I lost my Lotus tile. I need to make sure that I can find it. And it's just this little game that he's sitting over here playing, um, and I I just think it's kind of a funny thing it's a very Iroh thing as we as we get to know him more of um, getting very caught up in these sort of traditional moments and I just thought it was kind of a fun a fun thing where you know Zuko being as we need to get the avatar as soon as possible as he is not really liking that detour
0: yeah yeah that's true And, uh, I have to say, the first time I did watch this episode, I didn't expect waterbending to come so quickly to Aang. Like, the whole book is called Water, there's like 20 episodes in it, so I definitely thought like, oh, this will be a whole season arc to Aang even moving the slightest little wave, (laughs) but nope, he's just kind of got it right away. What else happens? Other things happen in this episode. Oh,
1: another important thing that's like could fit in anywhere, and I don't honestly remember exactly where it is. But we do have number two of our our Cabbage Man getting getting his cabbage stand ruined. Yeah, we got to keep that count up. So pretty much again, I can't even remember what I think. Okay, so so I guess to, to back up, um, they go to this pirate shop, right? They're checking out different things, Katara sees this waterbending scroll they say it's really really expensive team avatar does not have a lot of money she steals it and then they start chasing after them and i think it's during that chase that uh cabbage man gets his second second little tidbit of uh cabbage ruining in there
0: yeah yeah that was funny and we're of course going to keep that counter going the first one was in omashu and this one is in the sort of pirate market and It seems to me like a traveling market. Like, they say it's a town. I don't, I don't really buy that either.
1: Yeah, we don't really spend a whole ton of time anywhere with the people. This isn't quite as much of a visit-the-village kind of a feel as we we get in the others, right? They pretty much just stop by, and mostly all we really see is the pirates. We see that Iroh's picked up a bunch of stuff from various other shops, and Zuko thinks it's stupid. We don't really see anything about, you know any of the other parts of the quote-unquote town even
0: right right this whole episode feels like an rpg to me between the pirates and like this whole market it feels like something in like shining force or like similar games where it's like a combat based rpg and i I like the way they called themselves high risk traders instead of pirates (laughs) was really funny and sort of video gamey to me yeah they're really interesting sort of one episode arc right these pirates and um, The sort of moral conundrum exists here because uh, they know that the scroll was stolen from the Water Tribe. So in a way, Katara is just taking back what is rightfully her people's. That's certainly where I sit. I think she was completely justified in stealing it. But I also get the side of stealing is always wrong, even if you're stealing from stealers.
1: Yeah, and I mean from their perspective they're not necessarily viewing this as trying to win a moral battle they just want their expensive merchandise back right like
0: exactly
1: it doesn't really matter to them they're not trying to say like hey that was ours and we have the moral high ground as much as it is hey that was ours and it's expensive and we have a buyer we don't want our buyer to get mad at us so on and so forth so so i don't think they're even you know i don't think they're morally upset (laughs) i think they're just upset
0: um, oh, there, when Aang is waterbending, there's a hilarious moment when he accidentally, like, completely knocks Sokka off his feet with a wave, and I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, there, there's there's a good couple of uh, comical moments in here, and, and overall, I'd say it's actually kind of a lighter episode of it this is, show. It is, yeah. Um, it's uh, the most intense. Between content- the pirates and definitely, definitely nowhere near as bad as, you know, the benders being locked up and unable to bend. We're we're nowhere near that level of of uh, situation in this. It's mostly just kind of the the most serious he gets is really just Katara's frustration, and they are in some sort of uh, some amount of a sticky situation, but just not the same intensity as as entire villages getting destroyed by any means.
0: Right, right, exactly, um, and then yeah, the so let's we should talk about the necklace too.
1: Yeah, so so there's a there's a couple of interesting things going on. One is Zuko finds out that there's these pirates who are looking for Katara and Aang because mostly Katara because she stole the scroll and he knows that where she is, the avatar is. And so he captures her, tracks her down, right? And yeah, then he he's kind of trying to blackmail her into giving up Aang's location, which is ridiculous would we know you know how much she wouldn't do that but then he pulls out that necklace and i forget how many episodes ago it was that she dropped it
0: yeah it was a while ago and that was that cliffhanger of course when zuko's holding the necklace and tracking them and uh he can just be i like zuko as a character but he can be such a creep like when he grabs katari says i'll save you from the pirates it's like ugh, it's so yeah, and- icky
1: and again, it's, it's this weird, icky kind of a... It's a power move, right? He's like, well, look, I'm saving you from these pirates. You don't have to worry about these pirates. I'll give you your necklace back. Just give up the avatar. You know, like, it, it really kind of goes to show, like, he, he doesn't have any moral limitations when it comes to trying to to gain his honor back, so to speak.
0: Right. And he is... so he, His head can get clouded by, like, youthful ambition, but he is smart here. Not only does he use the necklace to track them down, but he rightfully assumes that it's very important to Katara, so using it as leverage is kind of a brilliant tactic.
1: Really is. It it doesn't work, but it does upset <laughs> her, right? She does get a reaction. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, she's not gonna give Aang up for it, but it's certainly an emotional, you know, like where did you find that sort of a a moment for her where I don't I don't think she ever really considers giving him up, but is just kind of recognizing that the kind of mental games he's willing to play.
0: Right. And then the, the climax of the fight, meaning that Aang and Katara have to work together to raise the ship off the beach is so stunning. And what a great way to bring back that sense of competition they had by making them work together where Aang couldn't have done it alone.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's kind of an important moment there for Katara to feel like she still has value, right? That she might be you know, surpassed eventually by Aang's waterbending capabilities, but that doesn't mean, one, that she's not a very talented waterbender, or two, that he could do this all without her.
0: Yep, exactly. And we have the classic sort of as the fights happening, there's like an A, B, and C fight, and the C fight is Momo versus this parrot hybrid thing from the pirates, and it it was so entertaining.
1: Yeah, it really was. They they do a good job... um of keeping both I mean we, we've talked about how like I, I like the way that they just have interesting fighting styles this one's a little less bending heavy than some of the other ones we see considering there's the pirates but they do a good job between interesting fighting styles in general and just having a lot of little subplots in there and I'm a big fan
0: for sure. And there's also this moment while they're fighting, this this sort of cloud comes over yes. all of them, and they're like, were you just about to say that?
1: That was literally the exact bending moment I wanted to bring up, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That. Yeah, there's all this cloud all around them. And they're, Aang's like, where are you? Katara, Sokka. They're like, we're over here. And he clears the mist so that he can see them. And there are just pirates all around them with weapons. <laughs> it's such a great sort of like his instincts kicked in and he didn't realize what a bad like if he can find them, so can everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then he kind of brings the mist back in and he's like, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, a, it a is clever a clever bending little... moment
0: in like every episode.
1: Also, I, I was checking into it. It's an iguana crossed with a parrot, apparently. Of
0: course. That's awesome. That's Which makes great. sense now
1: that I, you know, now that I see it. But I couldn't quite put my finger on what the crossbreed was there. It is right. a cool-looking creature. And I I love all the little hybrids they have going on.
0: Mm-hmm. But Well, that would have been yeah, a good segment, just... but I have something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into the animals at some point. We haven't quite hit so many of them yeah, but you know there's um, so many and then um
0: the waterfall yeah.
1: oh yeah that, that's pretty much through the the closing moment here it's pretty great um there's a lot of shows i can't remember them all first thing that comes to mind is uh emperor's new groove has its its waterfall <laughs> moment but th- there's you know plenty of moments where there's Scooby an upcoming do. waterfall they're panicking right beforehand um they're trying to do some bending to sort of turn the ship and like keep it against the waterfall and it looks like it's gonna work for a little bit but then the uh fire kingdom ship is like right up against them right and that's gonna crush into them. and and earlier uh ang bought this seemingly useless uh flying bison whistle that doesn't make any noise and he like tries blowing that at the beginning and like nothing really happens and he does it again here which was kind of like a um foreshadowing they start falling off of the waterfall. It looks like everything's going to go terribly, terribly wrong. And Appa flies in to save the day. And it is amazing. And it's everything that you want. It's an exciting, exhilarating end to our episode there.
0: Yeah, it totally is. And the boat crashes underneath, of course. And Zuko goes, my boat. And he says it with the exact inflection of Misty from Pokemon in the first season. How she's always going, my bike. What about my bike? <laughs> That was my first thought when when he said that. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. It is kind of a the most childish way you could be upset, I guess, about losing an entire boat, which is like a pretty valid thing pretty to be upset about. But
0: yeah, he spent a lot of time on it. I'd never thought much about the loss of this boat, but it was. You know, I, he was on it a lot.
1: You know, so it so it goes. Uh, it's definitely not the most major plot point here, but. No.
0: But it'll be interesting, Um, because I don't remember much. I wonder if they're on foot now, or if they buy another boat. I guess we'll find out, because I don't remember.
1: See, the show's usually pretty good on its continuity, so I feel like it's going to get addressed. There's Um, no
0: way the next episode will start on a boat with Zuko, you know?
1: (laughs) Or if it does, then it'll somehow be explained with, like, oh, I'm so glad so-and-so had an excess boat. Like, they're good about that. Um, Absolutely. um, But... Yeah, so so we end up just up in the clouds with that good little music playing, and we find out you know Katara's like oh you know it's okay we didn't have the we don't have the water scroll anymore but I don't really care about it, and uh, Sokka pulls a pulls one of his his greater moments and he's like really because I have it right here but if you don't want it it's it's a good it's a good little way to to wrap things up there you know. And, and also we get the, the ending line being the moral of the episodes, which is stealing is wrong unless it's from pirates.
0: It's such a great thing. (laughs) Yeah, Perfect way to wrap up the episode. I I just love them up in the clouds with Appa again. I don't care how many times they do it. It's a perfect ending to every episode.
1: It absolutely is. It's, it's always kind of the, you know, the calm after storm kind of feel, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're. They've gone through all that they've gone through. It's always kind of a mess, and now they get to just relax again. Um, and, and this episode doesn't necessarily build a whole ton plot-wise, especially compared to the the previous ones where we're finding out all of the stuff about the comet and everything. But it does, I think, have some important character building for Katara, and I do think that it's kind of important for us to see Aang start to actually, you know, delve into the other elements. So... Yeah, definitely that valuable is the things there. the
0: first time he's done anything but airbending.
1: Other than in his uh, Avatar State moments. Right. But under his own control, this is the first time, yeah, that we've seen him do anything other than airbending, and we obviously know that he's he's got to get his hands on all of them. So, you know, honestly, a little surprising when you think about it that Katara didn't offer up, I guess it's only nine episodes in, so we don't really know how much time-wise this has been. But you'd think it would make sense for her to try to teach him the basics earlier on doesn't matter whatever
0: yeah right but yeah, this episode is always stuck in my memory. I think because the pirates existing in this world is a really cool addition to the world building and it's such a character shift for Katara. It shows that she's becoming kind of the utilitarian one of the group, like who can she has a, an enormous heart, but she can put it away when she needs to and she needed to here. And uh, I that will become very important later on because clearly this team needs somebody like that.
1: Absolutely and you know, it's it's just a fun episode above mm-hmm. all else. I think it's fun to have the pirates all wrapped up in here. Like I said, it's it's a new enemy, right? We're not just against the Fire Nation. Now we've got these pirates to deal with too, and it's kind of a it's a fun change of pace. Um so yeah, definitely still really enjoyed this one. Not anything else I think on my end to add unless I'm missing anything important.
0: No, I'm good. Why don't we go to my segment real quick? Sounds good cool so uh mine is i can't get into it too much because there we will learn more throughout the show but i thought it'd be an interesting time to take a look at the game of pi show that iroh is playing at the beginning of the episode where he has this lotus leaf uh there's a lot of symbolism involved in it there's sort of some secret society stuff that will ultimately become relevant but i thought i would focus on sort of the tradition of the game itself instead of like the plot points to come um So it's a two-player game that is popular throughout this entire world of Avatar, and uh, people of all ages play it, and the legend is that it was invented by the spirits. The game has remained popular among people all over the world since that time, and it's partially strategy, partially chance, much like uh, the modern-day American-slash-Japanese pie show, Mario Party. (laughs) (laughs) that mix of strategy and chance is such a huge part of that of both games and uh yeah so Pai Sho is played on a large circular board it has 12 sections and it's divided into a grid of colored squares round tiles are used as pieces and every every tile has a different image so it's not like chess where there are like matching ones Players receive a certain number of tiles, which are placed and moved around the board. Uh, The rules have varied from culture to culture. Some consider the game to be a fast-paced, edge-of-your-seat game of chance, whereas others, assuming uh, that Iroh falls into this category, who see it as a slow, methodical game of strategy, which seems to be Iroh's style as a thinker in general and as a person. So yeah, that's about all of it on the game it's it has a resemblance to the board games go chinese checkers and straight checkers and the it can also be used for gambling um there is a large pie show table at the western air temple where we haven't been yet uh but we know it exists uh and the rock tiles symbol is the same as the earth kingdom's emblem we love those emblems we talked about that a few weeks ago Yes. and uh the creators made up Pi show without really thinking about the rules so it is not a playable game until they uh Nickelodeon created an online pie show game which we have to find
1: amazing yeah you know I actually never really considered whether or not it was a real game right like it totally could have been I never uh, mm-hmm. you know I never looked into it that much because there's plenty of you know pieces and games out there that I don't necessarily know and they definitely keep it consistent enough that it sounds believable throughout <laughs> the show as a as a game but yeah good info like like Casey mentioned too we'll we'll dig into a little bit more of it throughout the series but the game itself is definitely uh, one of Iroh's biggest uh, pastimes there so I think it's fun to dig a little bit more into that
0: Totally. Yeah, so just a quick little uh, update. You know, every little piece of this puzzle fills in this world more. And, you know, it's not Westeros or the realm, I should say, of Game of Thrones. It's not quite that large, but thank goodness that would be too much for this kind of world. So every little detail they fill this world in just shows how much love and care went into the creation of this show.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and they, they you know, they still have to design all of the art and the pieces of it, even if they didn't necessarily plan out the rules of an entire fictional game but i I think it's kind of cool that they you know spent the time to create this sort of fictional but seemingly real game in here so
0: cool Mm -hmm. info totally well let's head to that conclusion
1: let's do it all right guys our twitter poll for this week is pretty straightforward but it is a moral dilemma question here should Katara have stolen the waterbending scroll, yes or no? And feel free, you know, to throw in our your uh, rationale for one or the other in there. But I definitely want to see what you guys say on that.
0: Yeah, I thought about throwing in the, argue, the obvious arguments. You know, yes, it was a stolen scroll in the first place, or no, stealing is always wrong. But I didn't want to put words in people's mouths.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of different reasons you might pick one or the other. And I think really, at the end of the day, there's there's an answer as to whether or not you think it's right or wrong and you might be on the fence, but you know, you gotta, gotta pick one at some point. Overall, do you think that she was in enough of the moral right to have done it? I guess.
0: Yep. Yeah. Even so, if it was morally it. prey, which it certainly is. Sure. Yeah. And next week we are, I've, so I've been watching all of Hey Arnold. It's been like my meal TV and I've been trying to cook more. So I like just put it on while I'm cooking and, uh, I'm just I'm just falling in love with this show all over again. It's like we're, we're gonna go very twenty sixteen vibes for a moment, where all we did was gush about Hey Arnold on this show. Uh we've it's been quieter because since the Jungle movie I think we just were fatigued from it. But it's such a beautiful show. So next week we're returning to Hey Arnold for the first time in a while. Let me see Do you remember what our last Hey Arnold was?
1: I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, it, wasn't, oh, the, it was Longest, longest Monday. Monday.
0: It, it wasn't that long ago.
1: No, but whatever.
0: But before that, we hadn't <laughs> since Stoop Kid.
1: Yeah, and, and either way, this show is deserving of having some some increased frequency every now and then. I have no shame yep. in that.
0: Yeah, we've covered it twice the entire year, as opposed to 29 times the rest of the podcast. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's actually kind of... I kind of almost feel bad, which, I mean, to be fair, I shouldn't, because we covered so much of the show, and it is... You know there's only so much of it but right it's you know i, I am not offended by giving it a little bit more uh, time in the light here
0: yeah and was this the year that we were supposed to do more Roccos? was that our new year's resolution
1: yeah uh, maybe or was that the previous I, year i can't remember anymore honestly
0: because we started out i think it was because we did Roccos twice in the first five weeks and then we never did it again <laughs>
1: That's so rough. Well, especially now that we have this kind of alternating thing, right? It's a little bit harder to. There's
0: only so much we can do. We're essentially doing two non Avatar shows a month.
1: Right. And so, I mean, by the end of everything, Avatar is going to be horrendously biased. So.
0: Yeah. Well, it It is is what it is. It's interesting as I add up sort of our show counter. uh, I've updated it through the end of the year. And Avatar is now our tied for our fourth most watched Nicktoon once we hit the end of 2018 wow. and it's tied That's with Jimmy crazy. Neutron and Rugrats.
1: That's kind of insane honestly.
0: Yeah. but it has Lens 10 yet. more episodes to catch fairly odd parents so that'll be what 20 weeks into 2019.
1: I was gonna say it'll get there soon enough.
0: Yeah wild. And ultimately, like, Hey Arnold has 32, Avatar will have 60, plus the two we had already watched, so 62. So it'll be way more than anything else by the end. Right.
1: So given all of that, we don't need to feel bad about giving Hey Arnold a little bit more time than maybe yep. before. We are certainly nowhere near our, uh, our heaviest of times in that front, so.
0: Right, and we're going to um, watch the Hey Arnold pilot, which never aired. It's been on a few, like, VHS tapes, and I think it aired before some animated, like, made-for-TV movie. We'll have more info next week. But it was turned into the episode that I watched yesterday, I think, called 24 Hours to Live. So I'm very curious to compare the two.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a fun little concept here. There's a song in there that always sticks strong in my mind. But we'll we'll get to all of the chit chat and about it when we get there. Hopefully Wait, you guys are the song. Uh the I'm crazy song.
0: Oh wow, yes. That's right. That was that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where Arnold pulls the like New York on the subway move where you gotta just out <laughs> crazy people to survive. <laughs>
1: There's some sanity, not, you know, there's a rationale there, because you really don't mess with crazy people. Anyways, anyways, we'll get there. (laughs) For sure. Uh, With all of that, guys, be sure to check out our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all of
0: those good things there. Yes, and thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.